the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. Today we're going to be talking about how to survive Election Day. Actually, it should be how to survive Election Day and beyond, because that's the big question. Are we going to be safe after Election Day? And, of course, um, in my opinion, that depends upon the outcome of the election. But we're going to be giving you some last-minute advice, whether you're still making up your mind who to vote for or you're already glued to the media to await the results. Today's show with my guest, Dr. Harvey Kushner, will be illuminating. Dr. Kushner, a a favorite guest of mine, um, is an international terrorism expert, author on many books about terrorism, and a political pundit. And he has um, he has been creating a website and creating the Harvey Kushner alerts that I have been fortunate to receive, trying to warn us of some of the dangers of uh, what might happen in this election. Now, I know that um, some of you... <laughs> Some of you are thinking, well, thank goodness it's election day, so we don't have to keep hearing her talk about how, what danger we're all going to be in if Obama wins. But um, I am hoping that perhaps there are some people who are still at home trying to decide who to vote for and will um, listen up to what my guest, Dr. Kushner, has to say. Welcome to the show, Harvey. Well, thanks, Carol, for having me. Yeah, you know, it's it's sort of comforting to have you on on uh, on this particular day because I know that you're sitting there waiting with bated breath to see the results as well, um, very concerned about what's going to happen to our country if it goes Obama. Well, absolutely, but um, you got to look in this in perspective. Uh, we won't know until tonight. I mean, the polls that you've um, seen and heard about on in, in media and print journal uh, aren't, aren't accurate, um, quite frankly. Um, they haven't been accurate over the last couple of elections. You know, lo- looking back, uh, if we could go back to really polling, and the biggest mistake was actually in 1936. Uh, that's quite some time ago. But in 1936, Carol, there was a um, journal called Literary Digest, which was a very popular magazine extraordinarily popular magazine, and oftentimes was correct in its um, pronostications about who would win the election. Well, they took a poll in 1936, and they came out stating that Alf Landon would trounce Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the election. Now, of course, we know history that um, that wasn't the case, that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, beat Alf Landon, only losing in two states. It was the biggest rout in, in American history up until that time. Now, they used a scientific poll, supposedly, to literate digest. Where did they go wrong? Well, they went wrong simply by uh, using the list of subscribers to their magazine and to people who had telephones. Now, you must understand that in 1936, not many people had telephones and not many people subscribed to magazines. And the ones who had the telephones and the ones who subscribed to magazines were systematically Republican. So when they did their random poll of their universe, 
They were just asking Republicans. So, of course, the Republicans picked Alf Landon. But as we know, most Democrats, and there were more Democrats, they voted for Roosevelt. Since that time, well, Literary Digest went out of business in 1936, and this, uh, the scientists came up with what they call stratified samples. What do I mean by that? They took us parts of random samples of society representing what they thought the greater whole of society. Now, why am I wasting time telling you a history lesson? Because I believe, Carol, that the polls that you see today on the major networks really don't take in consideration of an accurate stratified sample of who is going to vote across the United States. Why am I saying that? It's because the race card plays a very extraordinarily important factor, and nobody's taking that in consideration. You've heard the term Bradley effect. But Bradley effect, for those who don't know, um, Bradley ran out in your neck of the woods out in California, and he was leading in the polls, and then when the election came, he, he lost. And why did he lose? Well, people told pollsters one thing, but when they got into the um, sanctity of the voting booth, they voted another way, and they voted against race. What I'm saying is, and don't take this the wrong way, but that is a factor in this election, and that's not being calculated in the polls that are being taken. So what I'm saying to you is that a lot of people are saying that they're going to vote for Obama, and when they get in there, they're going to vote somewhat differently. And I'm telling you that the scientific pollsters don't have a handle on the extent of what that Bradley effect is and the extent what the race card will mean in this election, for good or for bad. Uh, and, and, and this is why the polls, I think, are skewed in the favor of of, of liberals, of Democrats. Let me give you another example. The Sunday Times, New York Times, has their bestsellers list. How do they get the book that reaches number one on the bestseller okay. list? Well, they poll different bookstores across the country. The New York Times, Carol, has systematically excluded bookstores in conservative areas. Hmm. For example, take New York. In New York, they only take bookstores, the sales in bookstores in Manhattan, and on the east end of Long Island, which is known for uh, where celebrities hang out and being very liberal, both Manhattan and the East End. In other words, they don't poll bookstores in the vast areas of New York which are not democratic. Hmm. So therefore, when somebody has a book that is more to the right, it never makes it up to the number one on the Times bestseller list because it's systematically being excluded from the Times poll. Well, I'm suggesting to those listening out there that this is taking place in this particular election. I mean, we all know how the media has, uh, you know, um, gone um, to bed with uh, Barack Obama. Um, some of them made no, um, you know, pretenses. Uh, Chris Matthews on MSNBC said he gets a tingle on his leg every time that Obama speaks. Hmm. Uh, and certainly you see this from the New York Times to the numbers of papers across the country that supported this candidate. So what I'm saying to you is that the, the polling that hides under the banner of being scientific isn't so scientific, and political correctness has disallowed pollsters from really getting at uh, who really is, makes up a stratified sample of people who are telling the truth about when they get into that voting booth and vote. And so uh, I would tell people, don't be swayed by hearing he's so far ahead that, you know, we can't win or this. Go out and vote. Every vote counts. And, and in fact, if you looked at the last election, Carol, uh, if you turn on television in the evening 
every exit poll, and I mean every exit poll, was saying it was all over for Bush and that John Kerry won. Because exit po- polls tend to, Carol, exit polls tend to draw more Democrats than they do Republicans, because Democrats tend to be ones who are more willing to talk to pollsters mm. than Republicans. It's the same thing, uh, you know, as a psychiatrist, if you look at the crowds that have surrounded Obama. I mean, people who will get caught up in the crowd surrounding him uh, look at him differently than people in the Republican crowd, because they have their own lives. I mean, people who attend these rallies for Obama, it seems to me, are looking for something. Yeah. They're looking for some kind of hope, They're, uh, you know, through, through, through this political process rather than going out and working hard for it. Um, that, that, uh, look, I don't mean to label everybody who's at the rally, but I, I think, you know, if you watched, you know, this magnetism, this, uh, this charismatic leader who really didn't say really much, I, I think people were, you know, got caught up in the day at the crowd and, you know, took on this mentality of the crowd. And, and you, we've seen that, um, need I say, in, in Nazi Germany in 36, how somebody delivered a message uh, about the Jews being the problem, and now you're getting somebody who's delivering a message that the Republicans and the economy is the problem. Times are very similar. Yes, and, and um, what you're saying is that uh, essentially, just like with the books, which I, I didn't know about that, that, that was... Um, very interesting. Um, but what you're saying is that essentially by having that the media in regard to this election is um, in a sense more than happy to report that um, Obama is ahead because, oh, yeah. because in a sense, I mean, first of all, it agrees with what they want and because exactly. it has the impact of, um, of causing people to... To think, well, you know, if so many people are for this one candidate, then he must be really the best one, you know, without really thinking uh, about uh, it. Absolutely. Look, there's never been anybody running for president. But campaigns have been nasty. You've had campaigns going back 100 years where they've slung mud at each other and, 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 and called names about their wives and, and, and their religious affiliations. But no time in American history have you had any candidate who's been surrounded by so many questionable people. So many questionable people, uh, from the Reverend Wright to Father Flager uh, to to Resco uh, to William Ayers, uh, you know, uh, to uh, Rashid Khalili, uh, uh, on and on and on and on, who you would think an investigative journalist somewhere yes. in this country would have tried to make that an issue, regardless of whether the Republicans would. Nobody would. So it, it tells you something. The fact that it, it's still unclear whether or not. Uh, his about his birth certificate. Yes. Uh, was he born actually in the United States? There are twenty plus years of this individual's life that haven't been vetted, certainly by the media, and, and it's astounding that you know every bit of, of of McCain's life has been aired in the public, from from his medical history, uh, through his stay at the Hanoi Hilton. Uh, through his family, through his wife, through the number of houses he has, the number yeah. of cars he has. I mean, you don't hear anything about Obama at all. It's sort of sacrosanct to, to get in there and take a look at him. And, and I, may I suggest that that's not good uh, journalism. Journalism is supposed to be, you know, cutting, and it's supposed to be, um, you know, getting in there and vetting the candidates. You never saw that with Barack Obama. I mean, clearly, um, this is a disaster for, I think, um, uh, American journalism. Uh, I think it shows that uh, journalists have actually lost their sense of fairness. 
Um, and, and you know what? It sort of mirrors the sense of fearness that you see on college campuses where um, you don't have a, uh, a sense, this raucous debate. Uh, when we get, I know we're coming up on a break. When we get back, I, you know, I, I toured the nation uh, going to college campuses um, talking about this issue from the University of Colorado through, um, you know, Texas A&M through, um, you know, up in Wisconsin down to Arkansas. And um, it was amazing um, how uh, people who felt the way I did, young students who were conservative or Republican or even Democrats, uh, couldn't be heard on campus, whereas every reactionary group, every American hater, every group that would take up the cudgels to destroy this country, um, you know, were met with standing ovations. And so why should it surprise anyone that, you know, that this is the case on college campuses? What's the big stretch to think that this hasn't happened also in the media and especially in the print media? Yes, and it is very frightening. I mean, this, it's political correctness gone awry. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I would like to see my faith restored in the American people by seeing the election turn a certain way tonight. But, uh, you know, we'll know soon. Yes, and if you haven't voted and you're listening and you realize uh, how important it is for you to, to go vote, you can leave now and, <laughs> and listen to the rest of the show when, you, um, when it's in the archives. The most important thing is to go vote. So when we come back, we'll talk more. My guest is Dr. Harvey Kushner, and we're talking to you about how to survive Election Day and beyond. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm talking to you today about how to survive Election Day and beyond. My guest is the renowned Dr. Harvey Kushner. He is the world's best expert on terrorism, and he's become very involved, particularly uh, politically, in this year's election because of his great concerns for the safety of America. And um, so before you, before we had the break, um, we were talking about a number of things that I kind of wanted you to, because, I mean, this is sort of the problem, that not enough people do know about these issues. Um, I mean, that's the one thing about uh, the McCain campaign that um, if it doesn't go well tonight, and I'm still, I voted early and often for McCain this morning, um, if it doesn't go right, um, I think that that will have been the, one of the main problems that, in trying to take the high road and not uh, exposing enough about the background of Obama, it, you know, it was too little too late. It, I, I think um, that in these last few weeks, as they have been relaxing, you know, on on that standard, that stand to, um, to sh- expose Obama, um, and we have started to hear things trickling, trickle, just trickling into the media. Mm. Um, I think it has been, you know, kind of causing people to wake up a little bit, but I think it, it, it may well be too little too late. So yeah. why don't you, I mean, there, these issues, um, the birth certificate, the L.A. Times video, um, you know, that you warned people about in your Harvey Kushner alerts, but really the mainstream media didn't pick up on. So could you... Um... Well, well there, there are a variety of issues that obviously surround uh, Barack Obama, which are very negative, and um, quite frankly, you're right. I, I believe the, uh, the Cain campaign uh, was incorrect in not going at these issues earlier and early on. Uh, one in particular, well, the two that you mentioned, one of his birth certificate, it's really unclear where um, he was born. I mean, uh, um, there is evidence that um, his uh, grandmother in, in, in Kenya, uh, his father's mother in Kenya, said that uh, she uh, held him after he was born. Well, that would mean he wasn't born in Hawaii, but rather in Kenya. The birth certificates that he put up on his website and were also submitted 
are not originals. In other words, they're laser jet copies. Uh, laser jet copy um, birth certificate didn't exist when he was born. Mm. Uh, he also didn't provide a birth certificate with a raised seal, which is usually the standard birth certificate. So it seems to me if there wasn't a problem, why didn't he produce a birth certificate demonstrating once and for all that he was born in Hawaii? In fact, uh, uh, Mr. Berg, uh, Philip Berg, I believe, of Pennsylvania, himself an attorney um, and a Democrat, um, went as far as the Supreme Court. It was thrown out uh, in, 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 in the state of Pennsylvania saying that he had no right to bring the case. Uh, he's still pursuing it. Uh, and then there were tapes, tapes of him uh, certainly being uh, surrounded by people who have um, been anti-Israel, uh, especially Rashid Khalili, who was a professor. Uh, he knew him when he was out in Chicago, and then Khalili is now at Columbia University, who um, was a member of the Palestinian Liberation Organization back when it was considered a terrorist organization. And um, Obama, you know, was very um, involved with this individual. And he was, the L.A. Times had a, had a tape of him at an affair where he was applauding what he was saying and other speakers who were condemning Israel. In fact, Michelle Obama attended Khalidi's daughter's wedding. So hmm. there is a close relationship. Wow. But you, know, you get back to the one that was the main one, was um, him and Reverend Wright, and where he, we sat in a church where he heard black liberation theology expounded for, for years, and until he was called to task uh, in the first debate, and then again uh, he first disavowed and left the church. Now, he, he, he was a member of that church for so many years, and he didn't disavow his relationship. Oprah Winfrey, who was also a member of the church, did it seven or eight years ago. Mm. And, and this is something that should have been uh, brought home continuously throughout the election. The ranting and raving of Reverend Wright, and people saw this, that on tapes, not enough people of him saying uh, not God bless America, but God damn America. And, and the whole uh, idea of black liberation theology is, you know, through revolution, uh, um, that you cleanse your blood by, by killing the white man. Um, and, and this is, was preached by uh, supposedly his pastor of his church. Now, when questioned about that, he said, look, I joined the church not to follow the Reverend Wright. I joined it to worship God. Okay, I'll accept that. But, but how could you sit in the house of worship where, where each Sunday and, and, and other members there have that same um, you know, feeling? And, and by the way, Reverend Wright had a very close relationship and still has it with, with Farrakhan. And, and, and uh, Obama actually attended the Million Ten, uh, Man March. And there is a relationship between Farrakhan and with and with Obama. And actually, Farrakhan and Reverend Wright actually went to Libya when they were rogue states. So you know, Obama has a past that is that is significantly checkered, and but was never vetted uh, to the extent it should have been to expose him to the American people. So what you have here running for office and has a good chance of getting elected is somebody who's just a shell an individual who supposedly begins his life outside of his college because his records from Harvard, his records from Occidental, his records from Columbia are non-existent. He will not show them. Uh, and I don't know what he has to hide. If he was the editor of, um, uh, of the Law Review at Harvard, that, that is a high honor. I mean, uh, why would he be ashamed of releasing that? Well, now, why hasn't, um, why hasn't, Anybody gone to Harvard or gone to Columbia? I did. 
I'll tell you what happened. I reported about that. Uh, I'm a college professor. I chair a major university's um, criminal justice program. Uh, I have the ability to go into another college, especially in the New York area, and get from uh, their shelves um, the books. I try to get from Columbia University his yearbook when he was there. Um, it's no longer available. You can't get it. There's no, there's, there's no more copies of it. They well, denied me you... access to it. And, and I'll tell I mean, you, somebody I, at the school must have it. I mean, well, it must no, be. I, in the... I, well, I'll tell you. Um, uh, Sean Hannity did. did uh, Fox News did a thing. They spoke to 400 people of his class. There was one person who knew him. Huh. Uh, I I spoke to Wayne Allen Root. Uh, I don't know if that name is familiar to your listeners, no. but Wayne Allen Root is actually running for vice president now with Bob Barr and um, uh, on the Libertarian ticket. And Wayne Allen Root and I talked for over an hour about this because Wayne Allen Root went to Columbia the same year that Barack Obama was at Columbia. He didn't know him. He talked to uh, everybody else in the class that he knew, even the class president of that year. Nobody ever seen him on campus. Nobody ever heard of him. So the question is, did this guy ever attend class? Did he ever really go through Columbia University? You know, anyone could go to YouTube and uh, Google Percy Sutton. Uh, and Percy Sutton, who is a black activist in New York, he says that uh, he, was, he wrote a letter to Harvard uh, to get him into Harvard uh, Law School. And, and, and his, he was supported, Barack Obama, by that rich Saudi, I forget his name now, that rich Saudi businessman who put him through Harvard. Now, now, you tell me, why would a rich Saudi businessman have mm-hmm. an interest in having Barack Obama go to Harvard Law School? Well, what Percy Sutton says on the tape is that even back then, he thought this guy was marked as a, a future leader. Well, you know, uh, there's a picture um, that you could go out and rent, and it was remade called The Manchurian Candidate, mm-hmm. in which somebody's put up to run to control the country who was really... There's the shelf or something else. Uh, I'm concerned that if you peel back all these layers surrounding Barack Obama, you have very little there. You have no history of anything being accomplished. I mean, throughout the debates, I mean, you could talk about John McCain. He, he teamed up with Kennedy, which I didn't like. He teamed up mm-hmm. with Russ Feingold. He teamed up with a lot of liberals across the aisle for certain kind of reforms. Throughout his life and his career, he's done a lot for the military. He's certainly done a lot for, you know, with the prisoner of war situation in Vietnam. There's history behind that. He's been there. He's done that. Uh, not to my liking a lot of times, but, but you have a record. With Barack Obama, Carol, there is absolutely no record of him ever accomplishing. They throw around the terms he was a community organizer. Mm-hmm. So he went out and he organized. But, but in terms of his voting, he, he didn't vote up or down. He voted just present almost all the time. So, so there's really, and when he got elected to the Senate, think about this, folks, if you're listening. When he got elected to the Senate, he didn't do anything but what? Run for political office. He's been running for political office since he's been elected to the Senate. So you have a guy here who could mesmerize the crowd. He, he really gets up there. I, I don't deny he doesn't have a way with words, and he, and he sounds good, and, and, and he says the right thing. But but if you t- take the words that he said and try to analyze it, there's nothing there. Right. You know, it's kind of like with the voting record, um, as though all along he was preparing to run for president, 
and didn't want anybody to be able to point and to what he voted against. That's, I mean, that's exactly right. Now, you know, when we come back from the break, I know we're going to break. I'd like to discuss why I stopped analyzing terrorism on my website and just devoted all my time to yes. uh, this issue because I think it's also another aspect in the war against terrorism is actually the election of Barack Obama. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, um, yes, and and certainly that was a big personal sacrifice for you, um, I know, and and... And that's that's one of the missing links that people don't really connect. Um, yeah, that, that it's changed. You know, I, I've been all the interviews that you hear, or not all, but most of the interviews that you hear of man in the street, uh, like today. You know, I was listening to the radio. Um, why are you voting for Barack Obama? Changed hope. Change hope. Right. Nobody knows what. <laughs> yeah, change to what and hope for what. You know, it's like they just don't want Bush, and I'm I'm all I go along with that. Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll uh, hear more about what Dr. Kushner has to say. And um, again, if you're if you haven't yet voted, please. I hope this is going to wake you up at the final moments. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist hope your psychiatrist <laughs> host hope 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 psychiatrist host Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about Skills USA? Skills USA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. 
Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is the erudite Dr. Harvey Kushner, who is an international terrorism expert and uh, who is just about to tell us... um, why he started devoting all of his energies um, to this, to, to teaching people, helping people to understand what's really at stake in the current election. Well, Carol, you know, terrorism is really theater. It has a variety of different forms. And, and clearly, uh, terrorists fly planes into buildings, they blast holes into New York skyline, and they, they want to kill people. And by doing so, uh, they're trying to intimidate the public to change its ways. Well, that's just one aspect of, of what we face. Uh, there uh, is infiltration of our society in a variety of different areas. I mean, people can get inside of a uh, military force and, and, and do damage there. They could, uh, you know, get involved in the media. They could, uh, you know, have lobbies and stuff. Well, what about if you put somebody in as president of the United mm-hmm. States, the most powerful nation in the world, who really doesn't get it and who possibly has an allegiance uh, to um, some theory, some some ideology that that is really not uh, protective of the United States, and, and that was my feeling of the people who were surrounding Obama and and uh, you know Obama himself. So to me, um, this is just as crucial as uh, dealing with a strong defense in terms of you know protecting your borders. Uh, why, why do you have to protect your borders if you can have somebody there yeah. who's going to totally open up the, the White House uh, to people of, of a certain ph- philosophy, which is going to be detrimental to this country? And, you know, this blows my mind that, that the man has been involved with people on every level, from William Ears, who was uh, a leader in the Weathermen, who uh, blew up buildings, tried to kill police officers, and has said, eerily enough, he said on September 11th, actually that day, that he's sorry he couldn't do more. Hmm. And so why would anybody think of if somebody would associate? You know, it's interesting because you look at what Obama did in terms of joining the church, and that I can almost understand. He comes to an area, he wants to run for office, so what does he do? He picks out the most powerful church in the area, he signs up because that way he could get people to support him in his political career. Well, when he finds out that William Ears is who he is. Uh, I would think if he was running for political office, he would want to disassociate himself from this individual. He doesn't do that. In fact, what he does is his defense, when asked about that in the media, he would say, well, when William Ayers did these despicable acts, I was only eight years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll support that, but for what reason then would you continue to uh, hang around with the guy? And also, by the way, write a blurb for his book. Mm-hmm. He wrote a blurb for his book, and then he defends that by saying, well, we're both we're talking about education. Well, you know, uh, in, in such a politically correct world, one is so fearful of, of being stigmatized by association that you would think he would have removed himself. So what does that tell me about him? It tells me that here's an individual who really doesn't care about the consequences of his, his relationships. 
and, and, and there's, or well, there's, or even worse, <laughs> you know, who actually does. Them. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and then what it tells me is people say, well, he doesn't have the experience. Well, then he's a very bright guy, and I'm sure he's going to surround himself with good people. Well, if, if his past is any indication of his future, the people that he surrounds himself with right. were not pillars of the community and certainly weren't supporters of this country. And, and, and also he's made perfectly clear, abundantly clear, Carol, that he said on foreign policy, he said he would sit down with, with all sorts of dictators and, and, he, would, and, and he wouldn't need any, 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 any preconditions. And, I, and I've, I've, I've found that quite offensive. I mean, the fact that he would sit down with the Iranian leader is, I think, a horrendous mistake, you know, for him to do. And then you get the other idiot who's running for vice president, Joe Biden, who makes a statement, if you recall, about a week and a half ago, and I don't know why they didn't jump on this even more so. If you recall, he said that when Obama's elected, he'll be tested. He'll be tested. Well, you know what? I wrote something very interesting on my website, harveykushner.com, I wrote that I don't think he's going to be tested by Islamic fundamentalists, but they're going to have a field day, but they have an inside track to the White House. I think he's going to be tested by thugs like uh, uh, Putin. Mm-hmm. Because you notice his reaction when um, the Russians rolled into Georgia, his reaction was, oh, well, you know, they ought to, you know, restraint. Yes, yes. It was you like know. yawn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was like, don't ask me these hard questions. <laughs> exactly. So, so what, what I'm saying is that, you know, I, I, and, and also, like, I'm a trained political scientist. Uh, my Ph.D. is actually was in, you know, military strategy and, and um, counterinsurgency, but I, but I did get a degree in political science. And, and so, you know, I do understand the political process. And, and I felt more than any other time that we were exposing ourselves by having electing a leader who, if, if he wasn't in bed with these guys, uh, let me grant him that for a second, he's still his philosophy, and, and whoever he surrounds himself with, and, and his tendencies are leaning in the direction of, of, of not protecting America. Certainly not protecting our allies like Israel. I, I can't see if any, if any Jewish folk listening to us, why they would support Obama. I mean, Obama has switched so quickly on his, uh, you know, on, on um, uh, Jerusalem being the capital and the division of the Jerusalem. And if you look at Americans living inside of Israel, voting, it's almost a four to one in favor of McCain. But American Jews, next to any other ethnicity in this country, are going to vote almost 80% in favor of um, uh, Obama. Which now, can you explain? I, I don't understand that. I mean, I just don't understand that. Why? <laughs> why? Well, you know, maybe it's because... Um, I think I know why. <laughs> I think I know why. I think it's rather simple. I think Jews from being having a history of persecution, I, I think somehow try to feel for... Um, someone who possibly could, would be walking in their shoes. And I think they're looking back and thinking of the time when um, there was a civil rights movement in this country and, and Jews and, and other members of the cloth uh, walked off the civil rights or hand-in-hand with Martin Luther King. So, so I, I, really, I really believe that that is, that is part of this, the process. But in terms of really taking a look as to what would be good for you, you, know, you, know, you and your people, uh, I think it's disastrous. In fact, the only president that um, ever got anything close to a majority was Ronald Reagan. He got, I think, 39% of, of Jewish vote. 
39 or 40% Jewish vote. But uh, overwhelmingly, in fact, I'm an, I'll tell you something that might astound you, but if you take American Arabs, American Arabs are going to vote, a higher proportion are going to vote for McCain than American Jews. Because if you look at American Arabs, you have a lot of Christian Arabs from Lebanon. Uh, they're going to uh, vote overwhelmingly for McCain. Hmm. And you know what? A, a poll recently taken, Carol, in Iraq. The Iraqis vote overwhelmingly for McCain. Because what? They don't, yes, the Iraqis, the Iraqi people oh. in question want McCain to win. Yes. Oh, okay, wait, because they, the, the Iraqi, because they want to still be protected. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They feel that, you know, uh, they, there's going to be a unbelievable uh, quick withdrawal and it's going to put yeah. them in jeopardy. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's probably true. It's probably very true that that's what indeed will happen. And isn't it interesting that we're talking now on November 4th, Carol, if we were talking, having this conversation six months ago, a year ago, we're talking about now what's going to drag the, the Republican presidential candidate down. Everybody said, well, the war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Because we're losing. It's amazing. Look how that thing has turned around. It's incredible. More, more American soldiers are getting injured there and killed on motorcycles during their leisure time than they are by IEDs. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing. Yeah. And so that's no longer an issue. And, and, um, and instead now it's the economy. And, yes, there is, I know we were starting to talk about this off the air, that, 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 because I, there is this question about whether, in fact, and how the Democrats uh, manipulated the economy. I, like to talk, uh, well, yeah. I think you'll come up on a break, but when you get out of the break, I'd well, like I think to talk we have a couple of. Well, you, you know, start? we could start it now. I mean, uh, Chuck Schumer from New York, the senior senator from New York, a Democrat, he was single-handedly responsible for starting the ball rolling. How? He wrote a letter to Indy Mac, which was the California-based, Pasadena-based bank. He said he was very concerned about how they were handling the issues, what they were doing in the subprime area. And everybody knew there was a subprime problem, but by making that letter public, you know what happened. There was a run on IndyMac. There was a run on IndyMac Bank out in California, and that week, uh, I don't think any bank could withstand the run. You know, people started to withdraw. Mm-hmm. In one week, they withdrew almost $1.5 billion out of IndyMac. IndyMac had a, they went under. They literally went under because of, of, of that run. What followed right on the heels of that was Washington Mutual, which was the largest bank in the country. Washington Mutual, all of a sudden, Washington Mutual finds that governor, uh, not governor, excuse me, his son, Andrew Cuomo, from New York, the attorney general, all of a sudden is threatening that he's going he's gonna to open up an investigation about what, how they're handling their funds, so forth and so on. And, and they were shocked, the people at WAMU, that's what they're known as, W-A-M-U, Washington Mutual, uh, they didn't even get a chance even to, to iron out the problem. They all of a sudden were hit with a run on their bank mm-hmm. for $13.4 billion. And that caused, and then all of a sudden, look, another bank like Bank of America, you know, just jumped in, took them over, and they went under. And then because of Cuomo's um, statements, rattling sabers about um, um, bringing up um, charges against the officials in Washington Mutual and Schumer's, and Schumer, by the way, for those out in the, Left Coast, who don't know, Schumer is a senator in New York here who goes every Sunday and has a press conference looking for publicity. This was one of his Sunday press conferences, which was... was about Indy Mac. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, we do need to take a break now, but we will be back 
with my guest, Dr. Harvey Kushner. Um, I will uh, tell you where you can find out more information about him before the end of the show. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, and we're um, putting in a, a last plea here to um, wake up and vote for McCain. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about how to survive Election Day. My guest, Dr. Harvey Kushner, um, and we will be giving out his uh, website so you can find out more. Um, about all the brilliant things he has to say and, and uh, <laughs> how people should be listening um, and should have been listening during, what, the past year that you've been working on this? Yeah, and um, quite frankly, um, you know, I'll have a lot of work if selections <laughs> over if it doesn't go the right way. But um... Well, yeah, you know, I wanted to talk about that, too, that, um, you know, we know... Um, I mean, I, I'm just wondering... There's already been all kinds of rumbling, and rightly so, about groups like Acorn uh, registering Mickey Mouse and, you know, just different um, questionable things that are happening, uh, especially with some voting places having more people coming to vote than they had planned for and so on. So there there could be um, a reasonable... Uh, a good reason to question some of the some of the results, 
and assuming, let's just assume for a minute that it's close, um, what do you think is going to happen? Well, if we look what happened the last time in Florida, where it was just uh, really down in one area, um, it, it caused a major problem. And, and thankfully, the United States doesn't settle things in the street with guns, but um, it then eventually went to the Supreme Court. Uh, you could multiply this across the nation uh, to 30, 40 states. Uh, we could have a serious meltdown here in, in terms of the transparency of how we transfer power. It's, it's indeed possible. I mean, there's scenarios out there where uh, this could wind up a tie. Uh, it, you know, I, I, I believe, though, that um, it's not within the American public to, to some extent to, um, you know, have a violent uh, end to this election. But, um, well, but let's say, but let's, yes, but let's say uh, there is, there, you know, whether it's a tie or it's cl- very, it's close, and and uh, there's all these questions about the different, different um, polling places and so on. Um, what would be the? I mean, and and neither party refused to concede to the other. Well, that's uh, again, that that that's something that you know we we've always prided ourselves in having a. Uh, an orderly um, transition of power. Um, I don't know what what would happen in, in that particular case. If you go back to the last four or five presidential elections, no president has ever won by more than than fifty one percent. Nobody's had that. So if, if in order for anybody to get a mandate, because they would need fifty four, fifty five, fifty six percent of the vote, we haven't had that. Uh, I, I don't believe tonight um, will even be close to that. I, I think it's going to be. Uh, closer when you factor in the fact that uh, um, you have uh, Bob Barr and you have uh, Nader uh, they're going to draw away at least two, three, uh, maybe tops four percent of the vote in, uh, nationwide, and, uh, and then you take a look at the way it's playing out uh, across the electoral college. Um, I don't see this being a landslide in Obama's favor, and um, then if you add in the fact that uh, we might not be able to get a decision. You know, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, but I, I think uh, we could fault uh, the Democratic National Committee on this. I, I think clearly, I mean, I hate to say this publicly, but clearly if they would have allowed the winner of the Democratic primaries, Hillary Clinton, to run, this wouldn't have been a close election. Hillary Clinton would have been 10 points up in the polls. Wait, 10 points higher than McCain? 10 points higher than McCain, yeah. She would have won easily. You think so? Oh, uh, yeah, because if you look at the way she won, she would have carried Ohio. She would have carried Pennsylvania. She certainly would have got the Northeast. She certainly would have got um, California, uh, Oregon, uh, and, and she certainly would have gotten um, Florida. Uh, she would have won all the big electoral states, and America would have been the right coast, the left coast, uh, on the top of the Midwest, Illinois, in that area there, and then down in uh, Florida. And the rest would have uh, trended Republicans, so she, she would have won easily. Yeah, I, I think Ohio wouldn't have been in play, and neither would Pennsylvania. Because if you look at the primaries, she shellacked Obama in those states. Yeah, he, he didn't win any one of the big states. He didn't win California. He didn't win New York. He didn't win Pennsylvania. He didn't win Florida. You know what happened with them, and win Michigan, and he didn't win Ohio. He didn't win any of the big states. He only won in states where there were caucuses. Up early, and you got to ask yourself, why did he win in states with, mm. with caucuses? Because his people, mm. just like the Acorn people, when they go out in the street and hit 
people over the head to register, mm-hmm. his people were intimidated at the caucuses. But, but when Hillary ran in a booth, when people went into the booth and closed the curtain and, and pulled the lever, now I'm not making a statement for Hillary that I support her, but what I'm saying is it was clear that they stole it from her, this nomination. Yes. The, the, the left, the, the, yes. the extreme left of the party, stole the nomination from Hillary Clinton. But they viewed Hillary as being one of the same as Bill Clinton. And what would that have been? A centrist president. Mm-hmm. Somebody who moved to the center. Mm-hmm. Because if you looked at her, some of her statements, were, were certainly more hawkish on foreign policy than, than Obama's. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the American public wouldn't have had this particular problem. You wouldn't have energized the minority base to go out and vote the way you do now for her. Uh, I mean, it's amazing how um, my Angelou, a set of Bill Clinton that he was the first uh, black uh, president. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting how all of a sudden he was labeled almost a racist during this primary season mm-hmm. that he was bringing up. So uh, this was the George Soros's, this was um, all of the lefties in the Democratic Party and all of the others. For example, the people back in the 60s, the William Ears. The William Ears of this world, the Weathermen, the Students for Democratic Society, uh, people like, I'll mention two people's names that you might not have heard of, Francis Fox Piven and Clower. These are two sociologists who back in the 60s were writing books about how you, the way you have, uh, you, you change America is through um, uh, violence at the polls and that. These are the people now who are, who are in the Obama campaign. Well, you know, I think part of the problem is that a lot of people don't remember. They don't. <laughs> you know, who's Bill Ayers? What's the weatherman? Exactly. What's SDS? Exactly. <laughs> because now they have the millennium um, generation, the generation Xers, and certainly the people who grew up in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and the 50s. Forget about it. That, that, that's old hat. They've been out multiplied. They've been outnumbered. And, and you know, um, People are fearful of standing up for what happened in the past. I mean, Carol, do you see, years ago you saw people waving buttons, you saw bumper stickers. Do you see much of that today? No, you know, and that's really interesting. Yeah. And what is your take on well, why? I could tell you in my area here, people who have had bumper stickers from McCain have had their cars vandalized. Well, you know, I had a bumper sticker from McCain, and it was torn off. Exactly, exactly. So that's what everybody's told me is put one up. I have a friend who put one up, that no bomber sign. He said he didn't care because he's driving an old car that he takes back and forth to the station, so it's all beaten up anyway. He didn't mm-hmm. care if it was dings or dent. But he, he, he said, you know, it was hard to tell, but once he put the bump sticking on, people were actually scratching his car. Mm. I mean, so, but, but I, I do see Obama stickers up all the place. Um, you know, people don't get vandalized who carry Obama stickers generally. But, uh, again, I think we're living in different times and very dangerous times because I think globalization is not only something that is occurring outside this country, but it's now going to occur in the White House. So all the people listening to this will get upset when they call Dell Computer and they need to fix their computer. <laughs> they get a number in Mumbai, India. Well, you know what, folks, is going to happen now? When you're going to call the White House, <laughs> you're going to be connected in some place in Kenya. <laughs> you know? and, and, That's you, right. You, it's gone full circle all the way in that direction. Well, well, first of all, I, yes, I mean, it's funny, but it's it's... God, if it happens, it's going to be such a tragedy for all of us. Um, I think, you know how uh, they said to Dustin Hoffman, plastics? 
I think the key word is going to be um, uh, people who do these, who sell um, condos in like the Caribbean or something. Um, I want to make sure everybody gets your website. It's HarveyKushner.com, and Kushner is K-U-S-H-N-E-R, HarveyKushner.com. Um, please, no matter what happens with the election, check it out. There's a lot of good stuff there, and I'm sure there will continue to be. And uh, I just hope I hope that, there, that it doesn't get violent tonight, but at the same time, or tomorrow, but at the same time, um, I think that I do think that the uh, results should be questioned. If, if there are too many Mickey Mouses in there, too many mice. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Dr. Harvey Kushner. God, what a voice of reason. Um, so thank you all. And uh, if you haven't voted yet, please get out and vote McCain. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.